Podfix. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves. And you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul. I am not an animal expert. Here with another solo episode today. Donna and I are going to record episodes together very, very soon. But now and then we're just going to start putting these little solo episodes out. They are going to be about very interesting little animals that there's just not a whole lot of information there to make a full episode out of. And today's animal is the lemming. But first, the news. This is Varmin's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. An 11-year-old girl in Siberia called Angelina was with her mother when she came across a mummified lemming in a shallow hole left by people who were digging for woolly mammoth tusks. And that's probably the most arctic sentence I have ever said. They were on the shore of a river close to the Arctic Circle in the Yakutia region of Siberia, which is way, way up there. Well, the whole thing is way up there, right on the Arctic Ocean. Angelina took the lemming to a local historian and an archaeologist. They, in turn, told two biology professors about her finding. The lemming was immediately sent to Moscow for a more detailed study. And radiocarbon analysis found out that the lemming was anywhere between 41,305 years old and 41,885 years old, which are very specific ages, but uh, that's what the scientists who studied it said. That's that, That's how old it is. The lemming still had gray and grayish-yellow fur on its back, sides, and abdomen. Its internal organs did not survive, but all of its bones, including its skull, were well-preserved and mostly intact. There are a bunch of mummified prehistoric animals locked in the permafrost along the Arctic Circle, not just lemmings. Preserved remains of woolly mammoths, rhinos, cave lions, wolves, and now lemmings have been found because of climate change, which is a real thing. And even though there's not a whole lot of good things to say about climate change, it is giving science a chance to look into the lives of prehistoric animals. So, you don't like, uh, I don't like saying that there's anything good about climate change. But uh, scientists are taking advantage of it. Let's put it like that. Just a reminder to go to varmints.podbean.com. That's where we put the links to the audio and all of our show notes for today's episode. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at at varmintspodcast, all one word. And varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. We would love to hear from you. We do have a Pinterest that one of our listeners takes care of. Thank you, listener. And you can put varmints into the search engine at Redbubble for all sorts of wonderful merch. If you like this show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast? We would really appreciate that. Even more than a review. Like, we enjoy reviews. We love reading reviews. But word of mouth, that's really where it's at. And that's the very best way to help us grow. So let's talk a little bit about lemmings. Hey, Hey. let's go get educated on some animals. I know you wanna. (laughs) 
All right. As I said, we're talking about lemmings today. Lemmings are small rodents. You can only find them in the Arctic tundra regions. So if you look at a map of their distribution, they are pushed all the way up to the very northern edges of North America, Greenland, Europe, Russia. And depending on where you go to do a little bit of research on them, there are anywhere between 20 and 30 different species of lemming. The Encyclopedia Britannica says that there's 20, so we'll just go with that. In general, lemmings grow to be between 5 and 7 inches long, or 13 to 18 centimeters, and they can weigh between little under an ounce and almost one ounce and an, or ounce and a half, or 23 to 34 grams. The lemmings that I saw were very, very round and cute. They look quite a lot like hamsters. Many of them have really beautiful gray and yellow fur, like the Norway lemming, and the mummified one in the news story that we just talked about. They look very rodenty. Uh, is that a word? They're they're a very typical rodent, but they have some very interesting adaptations that help them survive in the tundra. Like all mammals, the lemmings' teeth keep on growing, and they need to feed on tough things to keep their teeth at a manageable length. Now, when you hear the word tundra, what immediately might come to mind, what comes to my mind, is just a vast frozen wasteland of snow and ice, and nothing grows there. Well, trees can't grow in an Arctic tundra because when you dig down about 10, between 10 and 30 inches, it's permafrost, and tree roots just cannot penetrate that. But grasses and sedges and little bushes, that can grow there, and that's perfect for their teeth. When winter arrives in the tundra, everything is covered in snow, and it becomes that frozen wasteland. But it's not a problem for the lemming. They have a very specialized flattened claw on their front feet. That allows them to dig down into the snow, and there they get berries and leaves and roots and stuff that is all just buried down there. And while the snow is there, they just go ahead and create little burrows with different chambers for resting or pooping or making a nest. They're pretty well protected from predators down there, and they really make the most of their situation in the snow. I mentioned before that many lemmings have contrasting gray and bright yellow fur, particularly, particularly, oh, I hate that word, <laughs> the Norway lemming. And that is one thing that separates them from other rodents. Like, most other rodents, including some lemmings, are going to be that kind of grayish-brownish color to blend in and hide themselves from predators. Uh, these gray and yellow ones, they will absolutely come at you. Whether you are a bird or a cat or even a human, they will defend themselves. A few lemmings, like the Norway lemming, have a coloration that is called aposomatic. And animals like bees and frogs and skunks use aposomatic coloration, which are either bright colors or very, very contrasting colors like the black and white on a skunk, to advertise that they sting or are poisonous to eat or will defend themselves. And lemmings can be very aggressive, and some species are capable of fighting and sometimes killing larger animals that are perceived as threats, and an angry lemming is about the cutest thing ever, but they will they are absolutely ferocious little creatures for their size. According to the IUCN, most lemming populations have been classified as either stable, uh, least concern, or they are just data deficient. So we really don't know how some of the species are doing, but most of them are of least concern. 
And even though their populations can fluctuate like crazy, lemmings are doing okay. However, climate change, like we mentioned before, is a real thing. And the problem with lemmings is that all of them live in the northernmost parts of the world. They are just pushed right up against the Arctic Sea, and they can't go any further north. And they can't, they can swim a little bit, they can, you know, but they're not going to cross the Arctic Ocean to get to the North Pole. And even if they could, there's nothing for them to eat there. Uh, so climate change, it's a real thing, it's a real problem, and it may be in the future a problem for lemmings and the things that eat lemmings because they depend on lemmings to be there. So yeah, climate change is always a concern. Doesn't matter if you're a human, animal, bird, fish, whatever. All right, gonna talk about lemmings and pop culture and a couple other things. But first I wanna remind you of Patreon. Patreon is where you can support us, support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can get some pretty cool little features. We have a little YouTube video series uh, you'll get a sticker every once in a while, maybe, or little, uh, you know, bonus episode like I'm going to put out here in a couple of minutes, maybe an early release. And you can do that at patreon.com slash varmints. Well, this here's animal rancher and expert at large, Cotton Shorts. You know Paul and Don are just a couple of nerds like you, and they don't usually get to see animals in the wild. But so we'll talk about where they usually do get to see them, which is to say on popular culture, books, movies, television, and video games. Oh, good old cotton shorts. Perhaps the most well-known instance of Lemmings in pop culture is the 1991 PC game Lemmings, which you can still get for Windows 10 and mobile devices. Lemmings is a platform puzzle game, and the goal is to get a group of lemmings from one point on the screen to another point without killing any of them, because they will all just keep walking in one direction unless you place an obstacle or assign a lemming to a job to do. Otherwise, they'll just die in some horrible way. The game started when an electronics engineer named David Jones lost his job at a Timex plant in 1988. He was given a severance check, and he used it to buy an Amiga 1000, and he began taking software engineering classes. He and a few other programmers began creating games, and some of those games actually got published and released, and soon enough, a little software studio called DMA Design was born. And DMA Design, by the way, they are responsible for the Grand Theft Auto series of video games, so they went on to... Uh, make quite a few really good games and, and a bit of money. In one of the games called Blood Money, there were little sprite animations called walkers, and there was some code that made objects like these little sprites track over different types of terrain. One of these programmers that was working on the game was playing around with this on a lunch break, and he was making these little walkers fall into traps, they get shot by laser guns, and everyone around loved it, and they said, hey, there's a game in that. The Amiga computers had a program called Deluxe Paint, very much like MS Paint in Windows. That was used to design the levels, and the Lemmings game began to take shape. Lemmings can be assigned different tasks. Some can stand still and block a path, forcing the other Lemmings to turn around and walk the other way. Other Lemmings can dig, float, build, or do other things that force the Lemmings to get to the goal safely. 
If you aren't careful, the lemmings can succumb to crazy things like flamethrowers and meat grinders and falling rocks and falling from great heights, falling into lava, all sorts of comical ways, which are fun to watch if you are not the one playing. Lemmings is a very difficult, frustrating game to play. The first game, as we said, was created in 1991. It sold 55,000 copies on the first day, which is pretty good. And while DMA kept busy making other games, Lemmings had steady sales, there was some word of mouth, and here we are, nearly 20 years later, and Lemmings has had several sequels, several clones, and it sold between 15 million and 20 million units, which is pretty impressive. If you want to try it for yourself and get very frustrated like I did, Microsoft is offering the original 1991 game for free if you use Windows 10. I'll include that link in the show notes. You can also get Lemmings games on mobile for Android or iOS, so you can check your app stores for that. Uh, so, hey, are you going to eat that? No, Josh, I'm not going to eat any lemmings today. I don't really see any point in eating lemmings uh, because they are mostly because they're too far away from me. I'm in Florida. I'm way far away from the Arctic Circle, but uh, there's plenty of food down here. Uh, Do you know what does eat lemmings? Ermines or weasels, Arctic foxes, snowy owls, wolves, and wolverines. Because even though they can defend themselves a little bit and they're kind of fearless... Lemmings are still the tater tots of the Arctic tundra. Hey, Paul and Donna. It's me, Vlad Samtanovsky. I guarantee you I can help you win your next trivia night. Or at the very least, make you the smartest person in the room. All I gotta do is share with you this, the animal fact of the week. Oh, thank you, Vlad. Okay, so on this podcast, uh, you've... If you've heard it before, we shy away from uh, topics like suicide or animal cruelty. Uh, we don't really talk about that stuff that often, but I'm going to talk a little bit about it now. So if you're really sensitive to th- that kind of information, um, uh, have a good day. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll be back another time with another episode. But I thought this was important to talk about with Lemmings. Once upon a time in the 17th century, naturalists were confused by Norway lemmings suddenly appearing in very, very large numbers. And what they did not know was that lemming populations can fluctuate really wildly. So what they concluded was that lemmings were being generated in the sky and then falling to earth like rain. And that's a myth that seemed very reasonable at the time. Another popular myth was that if you made a lemming angry enough that it would explode. If you've ever seen... A video of an angry lemming. They look like they're going to explode, but they don't. And those myths sound weird and wrong, because they are. Here's another weird wrong myth, and this one has persisted to this day. Every few years, when their numbers become too great, entire herds of lemmings, driven by instinct, will race toward cliffs and mindlessly jump from them to their deaths. There is a tiny little shred of truth in this myth, because when the concentration of lemmings becomes too high in one area, a large group of them will set off to find another home. And if they reach a river or a lake, they will simply swim across. 
Some of them are going to die along the way from predation, from drowning, from starvation. That's just how it goes. As I record this, we here in the United States are just a few weeks away from a general election, and it is not uncommon for people, no matter who they're voting for, to describe the people on the other side as lemmings, or mindless followers who blindly follow another person or a political party towards certain doom. I just saw the other day a political cartoon depicting this exact thing, a bunch of little lemmings racing toward a cliff. And the video game Lemmings that we just talked about, the object of that game is pre predicated on this myth that lemmings will just head toward their own destruction. This myth persists and exists because of Disney. In this land of many mysteries, it's a strange fact that the largest legends seem to collect around the smallest creatures. One of these is a mousy little rodent called the lemming. Here's an actual living legend. For it's said of this tiny animal that it commits mass suicide by rushing into the sea in droves. The story is one of the persistent tales of the Arctic. And as often happens in man's nature lore, it's a story both true and false, as we shall see in a moment. That was from the 1958 Disney nature film called White Wilderness, in which the filmmakers who wanted some dramatic footage staged a lemming death plunge. While cameras were rolling, dozens of lemmings were pushed off of a cliff. And that footage convinced entire generations of people that lemmings possess this weird suicidal instinct to just destroy themselves every few years. The footage was filmed in Alberta, Canada and lemmings don't live that far south. Someone who worked on the production crew alleged that the filmmakers paid children money to catch these lemmings and transport them south for filming. Uh, he alleged that the crew members then constructed spinning turntables covered in snow to jostle the lemmings around and then send them tumbling, and then proceeded to toss them off of a cliff. The resulting footage was edited together to make the mass animal killing look like a, a very natural behavior, which is really sad. White Wilderness was at one point available on the Disney Plus streaming service. It has since been removed, which is good. What has lasted, though, is this myth that experts have had to devote way too much time and energy to debunk. And those older nature documentaries and shows like like Wild Kingdom, back when I was growing up, absolutely they staged animal encounters and conflicts to get dramatic footage. And my little rule of thumb is, with nature documentaries, if you're watching a nature documentary and it's a little teeny bit boring, that's probably a good sign, because <laughs> people who film these and photograph these and, and you know research these animals will tell you that their jobs are very boring, and the exciting parts of their jobs are distilled down into these 45-minute, one-hour nature documentaries. So the more recent, the better. The more boring, the better. Um, you're just going to get better information, and you're going to know that the animals weren't harmed. Uh, speaking of that, I was on a podcast called Cult of Domesticity about a year or so ago, and my friend Courtney and I talked about 
some incidents where animals were definitely harmed in the making of TV and movies. It's not for the faint of heart, but I think it was really interesting. If you want to go listen to that, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. Of course I do. I was on the podcast. (laughs) I think it's fascinating. I think it's interesting. It's sad. um, And it's kind of a bummer. But it's really, at the same time, kind of eye-opening. Well, that is going to be it for our show today. The show has been brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo, bed music by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was Carrie McGinnis, Josh Hallmark, Chris Green, and Curtis Craddock. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, be nice to animals. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com.